when it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Welcome back, Eagles fans. You guys are locked in on football 24-7 with John McMullen, our Eagles insider. I'm your host, Tone DeShields II. We appreciate you guys always for locking in on the content. Make sure you smash that like button. Make sure you guys are also subscribed to the Jacob Sports YouTube channel. There you'll find amazing content like Birds 365 featuring John McMullen himself and Jody Mack. You'll find other content like the Philly Sports Power Hour with Bill Colarulo, uh, Sports Take, with Rob Ellis and Derek Gunn, the National Football Show with Dan Cilio. Uh, and again, you'll find yourself here with us here at Football 24-7 with myself and John McMullen. Um, we appreciate you guys again. So, John, you know, we're here. The trade deadline has officially come to a close. And let's be honest, there were so many rumors surrounding the Philadelphia Eagles about who they were going to get. You know, we heard people talking about a running back talking about a slot corner, talking about edge rusher, linebacker, the list goes on and on. Yet no move was actually made in the final witching hour. So please, John, we know we got Kevin Byard earlier uh, in the trade, you know, in the trade window, but no moves were made at the deadline in the final hour. Um, Fill us in on how we got to this point and why do you think the Philadelphia Eagles stood firm at the trade deadline? Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, these rumors, man, uh, understand how they get started. They generally come from the agents, uh, so from the player's side. So, you know, and I was talking to somebody from the Eagles after the deadline, and, you know, I mean, they'd laugh at some of the stuff. You know, like there was nothing to any, I don't know, run them down again. There was certainly nothing running back, to any, any running back. linebacker. No, that the but the funniest one of all that set off laughter at the Novacare complex was edge rusher. I mean, what, 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 where is that coming from? Um, you got Hassan Reddick, you got Josh Waite, you got Brandon Graham, you got they, they need to find more reps for Nolan Smith, who they drafted in the first round. They, they, that, so that was the one that was met with, with laughter. Close. 
closely followed by running back, I would say, but because uh, I don't, I don't know where the running back stuff started from. I don't know where half this stuff comes from, but well, I do know actually. Um, the Eagles famously call about everyone, um, and I mean that literally. So when you see, and I talk about the rumors, every single rumor in this league ends the same way dot, 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 and the Eagles. Um, And that's because agents can say correctly, factually correctly, oh, the Eagles called about, I'll use today as an example, Jalen Johnson. Yeah, that was a big Um, name that was uh, circulating. Uh, A guy, I believe, he's in the founding year of his rookie deal. Um, And he was trying to get to, uh, to, I guess he was trying to get to a new contract with the Bears. And the rumor was they kind of ran into a you know ran into a wall a little bit and he became available all of a sudden. The Eagles were the Eagles were one of four teams that potentially were trying to suit him. Yeah, well, it was one of four teams that they called, but it would it never got anywhere serious. Um, You know, and as you see, it didn't even get traded. Um, The Bills were probably the most serious, and they shifted gears and and went to Rasul Douglas. Ex-Eagle, um, you know, I, I've always remembered if you're a fan of Wedding Crashers with Vince Vaughn. <laughs> yes, I, that's I, a classic. I, I always think about the scene where he said, sailing is like sex to these people. And I replace sailing with draft picks to GMs. It's like sex mm-hmm. to these people. They, they, they hold on to them like they're bars of gold. Um. And, you know, n- nobody's even given up a second-round pick for Jalen, which I can argue from a perspective of that's probably dumb. He's a good player. Um, but they value these things so much. So it never got anywhere close to being done. Um, and if you look at the entire league, you know, the Eagles are, again, everybody <laughs> forget Kevin Byard already. You know, it's not just the last day. And uh, obviously, they sent Contavious Street out. And the reason they traded Contavious Street, by the way, and one of the reasons they didn't do much else is they have a roster crunch upcoming already. They need roster spots because Cam Jurgens is coming back probably this week. Julio Jones is is got to be put on the 53 by next week after the Dallas game. Um, Justin Evans is coming back. They expect Quez Watkins back. Um, they got a real roster crunch already. So it's not easy to add pieces unless it's a, at a position where they think they need help. And look, they have the deepest roster in football. They have arguably the best roster in football. Some people might argue San Francisco, and they added Chase Young. So I know everybody wants everything. They want Chase Young. They want Montez Sweat. They want Leonard Williams. They want Ezra Cleveland. They want Donovan Peoples-Jones. They want Rasul back. I'm just going down the list of players. Right, right. You know, Kevin Byer is pretty big. Just very, very. That that move, see, you know, you brought it up before we got started. Uh, it seems like people uh forgot about that move, man. The, oh, the reality already. is that that's a huge move. You brought in a former All Pro, uh, Pro Bowl level, uh, player in Kevin Byard, a guy who was kind of thrown into the fire pretty early, 
and maybe we didn't see uh, the effects of his presence uh, in the Washington game, but that's a no. And why? And the reason why you didn't is because he's got to step in <clears throat> and play an entire game, seventy-two snaps, five days after he arrives. So it's going right. to get progressively better. That ramp but, up period, so you sort of or startup costs, as you would say. Yeah, but um, there was only one two-time All-Pro traded at the trade deadline. And the Eagles got him. Mm. So it's fair to say. That way. So, you know, this, the, the whole culture around, you know, the NFL trade deadline and, you know, especially, especially the last day, right, when people are monitoring, you know, their, you know, their Twitter feed uh, minute by the minute, hour by the hour. You know, this is what the NFL wants. I mean, the NFL has created this monopoly on the sports market where they just dominate all year round. You know, you have uh, the schedule release, you have the, the combine, you have the draft, you have undrafted free agent period, you have free agency in general. Um, you have the Super Bowl, obviously. Uh, the, tra- the trade deadline, like, you know, uh, like we're discussing now, the NFL has just cultivated this year round product and fiends are just fans are constantly just fiending for, you know, that, you know, just their team to make that move. What can they do to make themselves that much better? I mean, speak on just that, the culture that the NFL has cultivated around this whole year round thing that they do. Yeah. I always thought they do a great job with the calendar. Um, And, you know, from their perspective uh, that the, the league has gotten, I mean, it used to be the trade deadline. The NFL was a, a big zero every year. And as younger GMs uh, got into place, they they seem more willing to to make some trades. Um, but still, I mean, it's not compared to the other sports. It's it's pretty underwhelming. Um, last year, I think you know there were fourteen trades last year, um, um, and this year, you know, a couple players. Chase Young, Montez Sweat, Leonard Williams, Bayard would be in that list. And, you know, then it's down to the, you know, unless you consider Josh Dobbs because he's a quarterback, but we all know why he was traded. Ezra Cleveland's a pretty good player. Rasul's a pretty good player. Yeah, not much. And, and you know, trades are it, – it's harder to integrate players into an, an NFL system than it is to for basketball or, or baseball, you know, baseball, you just show up. If you're a hitter, you hit, if you're a pitcher, you pitch and you right. fit in it anywhere. Um, basketball, it's a lot easier. So they're becoming a little bit more open-minded and how he's probably more so, you know, than anybody else. Um, and again, he, he made two trades. Kevin Byard came in. Um, Contavious Street went out. Um, Washington made two trades, Chase Young and Montez Sweat out. Um, trying to think. Um, Minnesota made two trades, three trades if you want to go back to Cam Akers. So maybe that's the only team um, that made more trades, but one was out of necessity. Um, so, I mean, the Eagles are more active than most teams and that didn't change this year, even though people 
a lot of people, not everybody, but a lot of people boil it down to one day and one afternoon. Um, and how he didn't do anything on this particular day, but that doesn't mean um, Kevin Byer doesn't count. So, John, keeping the Kevin Byer move in mind, were there any moves that you potentially predicted on your own that the Philadelphia Eagles could make that didn't necessarily come to fruition? Like, were, like, 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 were you surprised or were you shocked by anything they did or didn't do? No, not never. <laughs> Uh, never, I would lean to, I always lean towards more. And I said this morning, I said, on, there's unlikely going to be a splash today. Um, I thought maybe there'd be a minor deal. Um, but you know, I, Bradley Roby's coming back. I, I, I think people forget that. Um, yeah. you know, so this roster kind of, being hurt is so easy to overlook the guys that are hurt on this roster. But the yeah. guys are coming back healthier, you know, Roby, like you mentioned. Yeah, Cam's obviously coming back. Um, Julio's going to be on the roster. Um, um, Justin Evans is going to be back. Um, and that creates depth at safety. You know, he was starting before uh, he was injured. Now he'll come back as a backup. So you're better from that perspective. Um, and I like him. Um, even I, I got the dreaded Quez Watkins mentioned today from the Eagles. So, um, they expect Quez back as well. Hmm. Um, and they like Quez a lot more than most of the fan base. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's already the deepest team in football, so you can always add, and it's not like, Look, if, if 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 the Bears wanted to give the Eagles a, a, a Jalen Johnson for a third round pick, maybe they'd listen, but it wasn't gonna happen. So um if if something comes to fruition like that, but in the case of Johnson, there's multiple teams, and remember where the Eagles are in the standings. So when they offer a third round pick, it's not as valuable as everybody else's third round pick. Exactly. So they got to go up. And there's no way how he's giving up a second round pick. So it, it kind of takes care of itself. It's kind of like the curse of the gift that, you know, when, you know, with, you know, when you're so good, you know, it kind of doesn't put you in a greatest position from a leverage perspective in terms of your negotiations because of where your draft picks, your draft picks don't have the same value as a, Chicago Bears draft pick, right? You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, so, I mean, the Chicago Bears say, you know, people say that's a good example. I'm glad you brought them up. You, and, and they trade for Montez Sweat. And you say, well, why is – that's a really good player. Why is Washington giving up Montez Sweat? Well, I just want to ask you about that. You know, Montez and Chase. I mean, I, I, knew, they would, I knew they would move one of them, right? But I didn't – Yeah, think and it turns one. out they wanted to move Chase Young because they don't like the way, you know, there's a lot of bad stuff coming in about Chase Young out of Washington as we speak. Really? But, yeah, and that's Off the field, off the field, health-wise? Uh, no, uh, just freelancing, not doing what he's supposed to, you know, playing for himself, that type of thing. It um, seems convenient to say now. Well, yeah, and I said it's kind of classless on his way out the door. But nonetheless, they, they wanted to keep Montez Sweat, but, you know, they got too big of an offer. Um, 
and you say, well, they only got a second round pick, but remember it's the Chicago bears. So that might be the 33rd pick in the draft. Exactly. At, at worst case, 34 or 35. And so you're talking about a very, very high second round pick. There's a big difference between the bears second round pick and the Eagles second round mm-hmm. pick. Um, a massive difference. And, when you're talking about Montez Sweat getting a new contract, you're talking about over $20 million a year. So maybe they can get an edge rusher at the top of the second round who turns into a pretty good player at a much more affordable price. So that's sort of what people are doing at this time of year when they give up players like Montez Sweat. You know, John, uh, swinging things back to the Philadelphia Eagles, right, and Kevin Byard, because I know that was that that was their splash move. And post bringing him in, they made some adjustments, you know, to his contract, which freed up, uh, I think, around 800 k for this season. And I know he already had an additional year left on his contract for next season. Uh, can you walk me through how that came about? and what potential impact that can have on the Philadelphia Eagles from a cap space perspective and also Kevin Byers future in Philadelphia, if there is one. Um, His future has to do with how he plays for the rest of this season. He's not coming back. He's under contract for next year, but um, there's no guaranteed money on this deal. So a, it, this goes both ways. He he's not going to want to play on that deal. Of course not. Um, and the Eagles aren't going to want to pay him um, that deal, you know. So they're going to have to work something out. And typical of what happened with Slay this year, you know, Slay was under contract, but the guaranteed money was up. So he wanted some guaranteed money. He wanted an extension. Um, the Eagles wanted to lower the cap number, and they had some back and forth at one point. He thought he was out the door of the Baltimore and they, they made up in the uh, 23rd hour, so to speak. So uh, money heals all John. money heals all. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, so that'll be the same thing with fired. If he plays well, the Eagles will work out uh, a, a new deal that will make it much more palatable from a salary cap standpoint, and he will get guaranteed money up front, which is what the player wants. Um, and that's sort of how things work with veteran players. Uh, tweaking the tweaking the deal for 700 grand at this point, just getting a little bit more space. The Eagles didn't have a, a, a ton of, of, of cap space, and everything counts when you're trying to work out deals whether it was you know um somebody else they were working on you can imagine bringing in some of the players that some of the fans wanted well you got to create some space to do that from a salary standpoint but you know it's just flexibility it wasn't indicative or foreshadowing of anything the eagles are always looking for more flexibility yeah, absolutely. Kind of makes me think about that uh that Sixers deal that kind of came across the wire early this morning. Um, that move, uh, obviously, you didn't get too many star players in the deal, but you got yourself some flexibility. And I know we're a football show, but I had to bring that up, man, because uh, I know you're a basketball guy as well, John. 
Yeah, you know? I I woke up to that Woj bomb, and I said, eh, this, you know. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> enough said. Enough said. Enough said. So, um, again, right? You bring Kevin Byard in. You know, you have Reed Blankenship back there, an undrafted guy, but a guy who has shown some level of promise in terms of in terms of his ability to play the position. Didn't have a good commander's game, but overall, I think he's played much better, and I don't think that's his floor at all. Um, you have Darius Slade, James Bradbury. Um, Bradley Roby's going to get healthy again. You know, I understand that this 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 back this back this back end group is carried by the you know the, the you know the front seven or the defensive line more. So I understand that the DBs are more so carried by this D line. They go as the D line goes. I totally understand that, and it makes total it makes sense based on how they're built. But when you think about the names of Darius Slade, James Bradbury, Kevin Byard, a young up and coming guy, and uh, Reed Blankenship, Bradley Roby, a, a savvy veteran, uh, sort of speak, you would think from a distance. While the Philadelphia Eagles have a, a very talented group back there, they should be much better uh, in defending the pass than they currently are. They w- You wouldn't think a group like that would give up as many yards as they did to a guy like Sam Howe, yet they did. You know, I want you to speak on and give me your perspective on the impact to why the impact on that group as to why they haven't been able to perform up the snuff based off of, you know, I guess, you know, the star power, the talent that they do have back there. We know they battle injuries, and we know so many things have gone into that. I know you're not a fan of the scheme either, but you would think from a distance a, a group as talented as that would be much better than what they are. Well, they haven't been out there. I mean, that would be my per- – I mean, Roby's not even out there. Byer no. just showed up this week. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they haven't been out there. I I, I would argue with it's not it, – it's a talented – outside corner tandem uh but i would argue that once abonte maddox went down that was a below average group from a talent standpoint if you look at the nfl we're talking about at that point pick your poison with the seven slot corners they've used um exaggerating because it started with abonte and below um, average as in the slot corner position after abonte maddox oh yeah Okay. Well, well below average, but they're well below average at safety as well. Um, you know, with Justin Evans and and Reed Blankenship, that's that's below average. Um, mm. um, now Reed is a young player who continues to improve. He had a bad game. Yeah, that's not it, that's his worst game this season. I would argue um, his worst game of his career. I haven't seen him play that bad. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, we're talking about an undrafted free agent. Exactly. I mean, there are going to be hiccups. I, oh, I don't know if anybody absolutely. thought it was going to be Ronnie Lott from day one. Uh, you know, those are, you know, we talk about great NFL safeties. Um, whether you want to talk about Minka Fitzpatrick or Derwin James or, um, you know, some of the Antoine Winfield Jr., uh, who I love as a player. Um yeah, the the Eagles aren't in that category. They've gotten a lot closer with Kevin Bayard as in, but it takes time. You can just, just show up and step up and 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 play. There's this this defensive scheme is very uh, relying on communication on the back end. He's been here. He's met these guys for five days. It, that'll get better. Um, Reed it will get better. 
Roby will be better than insert name, Sidney Brown, Mario Goodrich, Eli Ricks, whoever you want to throw out there. Roby will be better. Um, so you should get better. But it's probably it's it's still the weakness of the team compared to the front uh, is the back seven. It's not necessarily a bad thing because the front's really good. And, and we haven't even talked about the linebackers. The linebackers are just average. Um, and, you know, if N'Kobe starts clicking, maybe that changes. But he had his Big worst game. game. So, yeah, you know. And, and by the way, also give credit to Washington because that was a hell of a game plan by Eric Bieniemy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I also think Washington is just a mismatch. First of all, Darius Slay, um, based off the, the numbers that I have seen, he didn't have the worst game. But, you know, just historically, you know, he doesn't really have the best track record against Terry McLaurin. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles don't have the best track record against Terry McLaurin as a, or just as a team, right? And I just think just, just the way their wide receiver room is just set up, it just seems like a mismatch, especially for a guy like James Bradbury, who didn't really have his best game either. No, he didn't have his best game. Um, and, you know, we talk about games having personalities, too. Yeah. I mean, Washington yeah. was coming off a bad game. Tommy Lawler brought that up this morning. They were coming off a bad game the first time they played the Eagles. So they were really locked in. They were coming off a bad game again. They were really locked in. Eagles still found a way to win. You know, yeah. we talk about all these other teams. San Francisco's lost three in a row. You know, a little desperation there, going out and getting Chase Young. Um, Dallas, two losses. Detroit, two lot. Detroit got blitzed by Baltimore a couple yeah, weeks ago. Yeah, that was rough. Um, that was rough. You know, so Kansas City lost. Um <laughs> Everything you're saying, John, it just it just you know reaffirms the fact that this is a week to week league, and it doesn't matter who did what against who; they have to prove it against you that week, or you have to prove it against them that yeah. week. Every too many single people time. hang on. Too many people hang on to the week, the week, the week prior, and they say, "Well, you did that. Why can't so many times? Why can't Washington do this against? Why doesn't everybody play the way Washington plays the Eagles?" And I said, start. let's start off with Miami. You're the Miami Dolphins. You know, you'll have confidence in yourself. You're not going to come in here and say, oh, we can't play the Eagles. You're going to try to get the football down the field to Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle because you have confidence in yourself. Right. Um, half of this stuff takes care of itself. Dallas Cowboys aren't going to come in here and say, whoa, whoa, whoa is me. Uh, we can't play with this team. They're going to play a different way because they have confidence in themselves. Um, and Washington was like, we got to get the football out of our hands because we can't block it because they're not very good. And sometimes styles make bites and the Eagles didn't adjust. And, you know, Nick Sirianni talked about it after the game. I asked him on Monday, you know, they did a bad job with the quick passing game. Um, it's nothing more than that. It doesn't have to carry over, um, and it won't carry over, and it won't carry over for. 
I can guarantee it won't carry over for one important reason, Tone, because the Cowboys aren't going to play that way. Absolutely. Absolutely. You bring, you bring up good points, John. You know, to, uh, to close out the show, man, uh, you know, again, I always appreciate you taking the time out for the show. Um, make sure you guys smash that like button and continue to stay engaged in the content. Make sure you're subscribed to Jacob Sports and always checking out Football 24-7 with John McMullen and myself, uh, Tone, the show's the second. You know, John, the reality is, this is a big week for the Philadelphia Eagles. And, you know, we're going to break this down, you know, later on in the week when you and I reconnect. But the Philadelphia Eagles have an opportunity to go up eight and one. And by doing so, that drops the Cowboys to five and three. You have an opportunity to create some real distance between yourself and the rest of your the rest of your respective rivals in the NFC um, and the Cowboys, uh, you know, and, and the 49ers, you know, speak on. Speak on just how important it is for this Philadelphia Eagles team to go into the bye week with this type of momentum, having that eight and one cushion above everyone else. Well, the the the, the momentum is key because where the Eagles want to go. I mean, they, they they have to keep winning to stay ahead of um, the teams because they they want the number one seed. So, right. and they want everything to run through Lincoln Financial Field, and to do that, obviously you have to, you know. They they've created distance against San Francisco already. Um, they would create significant difference uh, uh, um, distance uh, with Dallas if they're able to win the game. Detroit, I got a little concern over, as I mentioned earlier, for this reason: they play in a bad division. The only other good team just lost their starting quarterback. They they still get to play Minnesota twice with no Kirk mm-hmm. Cousins. They still and their get to play very favorable. Yes, they still get to play Chicago twice. They still have one more with Green Bay, and I believe it's at home. Um, yeah. In other words, they're going to pile up a lot of wins, and that's why you have to keep winning. And the Eagles' schedule coming up is much more difficult. Um, and we've been talking about this um, stretch, and it starts with the Cowboys, it becomes much more difficult. So they have to keep winning games. It's been um, 26 weeks in a row um, that they have had either the NFL's best record or tied for the best record, 26 Mm -hmm. regular season weeks in a row. and they got to keep it going if they want to go where they want to go. What a time to be an Eagles fans, people! You know, this this this, this is a this is a great time in Philadelphia, man. Uh, even though I'm trying to hold it down in Texas, uh, but the reality is, you know, this, this is a great time to be an Eagles fan. Um, sure, the Eagles they have their hiccups along the way, but you know, I'd much rather be seven and one trying to figure it out rather than being three and four, uh, you know, trying to figure it out. So. Um, Eagles fans, sometimes you got to take your lump. Sometimes you got to. Sometimes you got to kiss a few frogs to find your. To they find should your be eight and zero too. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. They should. Yeah, they they really should. But um, sometimes there's always you know, uh, there's always the one that got away. You know what I mean? And uh, that's what that Giants. I mean, that's what that Jets uh, matchup was for the Philadelphia Eagles. So look, the team is seven and one. It's Cowboys week. It's Dallas week. This is going to be super exciting. It's going to be box office next Sunday. Um. 
I'm actually surprised that this isn't a Sunday night football game, but hey, man, it's a full slate of great games, um, you know, this upcoming weekend, and I'm looking forward to it. Um, John, thank you as always, man, for always um, providing, providing your time, providing your insight, and always providing us with your hard work, keeping up with these uh, wily Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Eagles fans, make sure you smash that like button. Make sure you guys are subscribed to the Jacob Sports YouTube channel. You guys were locked in on football 24-7 with our Eagles insider, John McMullen. And I'm your guy, Tony Show second, and we'll see you next time. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Mesa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.